And I want to talk about responding to the call of God. And I want you to open your Bible if you've got one. If you haven't, it'll be up behind me on the wall. Uh, Romans chapter 8 and then verse 20, somewhere around about 28, 29 and 30. And uh, I'll read right through to 31. Now we know all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Note that word purpose. You want to mark it in your Bible. Purpose. You need to have some purpose for your life. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined. There's another significant word, destiny. To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, the ones he predestined, these also he called. And the ones he called, he justified. I'm going to explain this in just a moment. The ones he justified, these he glorified. We're going to explain those big words in a moment. What then can we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? One of the most important things people can have in their life is to have a sense of destiny, a sense that your life has got some order, some plan, that there's something bigger than you, there's something that has been laid out. In fact, everyone has a sense in their life that they're called to something great. No one wants to die empty. No one wants to die as a failure. No one wants to die with their life having counted for nothing. But when you ask people these questions, what is your destiny? Meaning, you know, do you have any sense or any idea of what's laid out for your life? Do you have any sense of direction? If you ask a person, what is your purpose? Why are you here? What should you be doing with your life? You'll find, for the most part, people can't answer it. I encourage you over this week to ask the question. Ask it to yourself. What is my destiny? What has God laid out? Or what is laid out that comes from eternity? So something that's laid out for my life. What is my destiny? Where am I going? Destiny always have the idea we're going somewhere. So where is your life going? Is there anything that you sense coming in your heart that's calling you and drawing you to something eternal? The second thing is, what is your purpose? What are you called to do with your life? If you're a young person, one of the questions you've got to answer is, what am I going to do with my life? Not just at school for nothing. I'm not here just for three or four years. I'm here to do something with my life. No matter what age we are, no matter what stage we are in our life, we need to be able to answer the question, what is my destiny? Where am I going? And why am I here? What is my life for? And so the Bible tells us that God thought, or he, he knew you before you even came into this world. We saw a scripture this morning about Jeremiah, and uh, we saw about Jeremiah's life. And we'll pick it up here where we're going tonight. We saw in Jeremiah's life that before Jeremiah even was born, before he was even shaped in the womb, God knew him. In other words, God knew what he was like. He knew his gifts. He knew his capacity. He knew his passion. He knew just exactly what Jeremiah was wired like. And when Jeremiah was a young man, about 17, God spoke to him and said, I have called you. Before you were born, I had a purpose for your life. Before you even entered into the mind and heart of your parents, Long before that, I was thinking about you and I had something laid out for your life. And so then he calls to Jeremiah and he invites Jeremiah to respond to a purpose that was there from eternity. So tonight we want to look at that responding to the call of God. I want to just go through these few verses and pick out several things for you. Notice what the Bible says in the first couple of verses here. It says, now, we know all these things work together for good for those who love God who are called according to his purpose. Now, here's a promise from God that whatever happens in your life, God is able to take it and turn it for your advantage. Think about that. 
Whatever happens in your life, God can use it for your advantage. God can use it to achieve in your life what he wants you to achieve. God is able to do it because he's God. Now, most people, they have bad stuff happen. They say, well, you know, try and get over it and let's try and move on with our life. But God is able to do more than help you get over something. He's able to use it as a foundation to be able to advance you where he wants you to go. So perhaps you come from an abused family. As God heals you and restores you, he gives you capacity to touch other people that have been exactly in that situation. If you've come from a family where there's been a breakup, if you come from a marriage where there's been a if you come from any situation where there's been troubles and difficulties, God can not only heal it and restore your life, He's able to create meaning out of what has happened and enable you to touch the lives of others through what you've experienced. That's the amazing thing about God. He can bring life where there was death. He can bring life where there was death. So whatever situation you got in, God doesn't intend you to get bitter. He wants you to get better. Notice here, everything can work to the good. For those who, now notice this, there's some conditions. So God is able to do it, but he doesn't do it for everyone. You notice that some people just get angry and bitter in their life? They never got better. They just got worse. Bad things happen to them. Troubles happen to them. And you hear them, they get angry, they get bitter. You find it's like there's nothing inside them that has, has got a hold of their life that can turn the bad thing into something good. But the Bible says all things, no matter what's happened in your life, no matter what calamity, what trouble, what betrayal, what difficult circumstance you've been through, no matter what it is, all of it, God can turn it around for you good. He can make it work for you. But it requires something of you. Notice the promise of God's got some conditions. And I like this. God just isn't some saint that gives stuff out. He requires you be responsible. Here's the two things. Number one, to those who love God. Right? Those who love God. Right? So God makes things work out good for those who love Him. So what does it mean to love Him? Oh, well, I love Jesus. Oh, I love God. Yeah, I believe in Him. Yeah, you know, I love Him. I'm okay with Him. Now, it's more than that. The Bible tells us two things about loving God. Here's one. It says, if we love Him... We keep his commandments. John chapter 14. Okay? If you love God, you listen to what he has to say, and you begin to apply it in your life. Okay? If you love God, then you're going to enjoy what he has to say. I remember when uh, I was courting Joy, and I was deeply in love with her. And I still am. I wanted to hear what she had to say. We didn't have cell phones then, so you just had to use it on the landline. Uh, it cost me a fortune now. But uh, I, we, what we used to do, I used to ring her and talk. We'd just talk and talk and talk and talk. And, uh, and, I, and we, we, I would listen to what she had to say. I wanted to hear what she had to say. I still want to hear what she wanted to say. See, because when you love someone, you want to hear what they have to say, and you want to respond to it. That's the nature of love. You want to respond to the person. See, a lot of marriages have got no love in them because they've long ago stopped listening. And stop wanting to hear and respond to what's in the heart of the other person. So the Bible says if you love God, you want to know what's in his heart. You want to know what he has to say about life, and you want to respond to that. So loving God is not some, well, I just sing songs about Jesus. That's great. That's a wonderful thing to do too. But it's actually more than that. It comes down to this. If you love God, what place do you give his words in your life? See, imagine trying to say, oh, I really love you. I say, oh, I love you to my wife. I take notice of anything she says. And that relationship's not going too good. If you say that you really care about someone, but you never listen to them, and you never respond to what they say, you ignore all they say, then what you're demonstrating is you don't really love, you don't really have their interest at heart at all. You actually are deceiving yourself. You're fooling yourself. So if we love God, 
One of the things that, we, that, that shows the love of God is we want to discover how he sees life, how he has designed life, how he has formed us to operate, what he has for us, how he has, what he's laid out for you to succeed in life. Last year I was sharing on Father's Day, I shared a principle of God. And here's the principle. It says, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you. And I shared it about three times. And over that course of the next two or three months, I saw some young people respond, came to breakthroughs in relationships with their parents, and all of their life began to shift. Others still stayed in the conflicts and the anger and injustice and haven't yet moved. They say, which ones love God? The ones that listened and responded. See, so you can't say you love God unless you actually take seriously what he says about life. So you need to have a Bible. You need to find out what the Bible says. You don't understand it. You don't, I don't understand all the Bible. I don't need to. There's enough in it I do understand. If I'll just respond to it and do it, I can demonstrate I love God and he give me more understanding. Here's the second thing, is we need to love people. If we say we love God, who we don't say, but we can't love people in front of us, they say, well, what kind of love is that? So in fact, if you love God, if you're a lover of God, one of the things that demonstrates you're a lover of God is your attitude to the people he loves. Okay? Suppose someone come and they say they love me. Say, so really I'm really, oh, you're really good. I really, really appreciate you, really love you. But then they, they absolutely reject and despise my wife or my children. Now, how am I going to feel about that? I say, hey, this is a con job. You, you're just sucking up to me, saying stuff to sweet talk me. But actually, if you really loved me, you'd love what was precious to me. You understand that? You, you would actually bring into your heart and welcome into your life the people that are precious to me. So you see that God loves people. God loves people so much. He gave Jesus Christ to die on the cross for people. God still loves people. You have never met a person that God doesn't love. So listen, if you're going to love God, you actually have to take, you say, God, oh, I love God, I love God. Yeah, you don't see him. But this guy over here, you see him. Okay? And so what happens is the, the irritations you feel when you talk with him and interact with him expose the level of maturity of love. Aha. You all got serious on that one. Huh? Ain't they love people? Have a look around there. Look how different they all are. Look at some of these wonderful people. Oh, they love me. That's the biggest smile I've seen. I like that smile. I see, there's lots of people around here. Look at the different ones. Have a look around. There's no one's the same. And God loves each one. See? And so you cannot say that you love God and, and uh, really actually have any substance in that if you don't actually start to get involved with the people he loves. Always the love of God will bring you to people. Always it'll bring you to God. So loved the world, he sent his son to people. He, sent, he got involved with people. So loving God always gets us involved with people. Because some people just want to go away and spend all their time and praying and doing these things. And they're all wonderful. But what I see is the true measure of your love for God is what do you do with the person who's right in front of you and they're in need? It says, don't just say, well, bless you, go on, have a great life. Actually, get involved and make a difference. I was just watching how Ray and Annika has got us touched their life, have started to get involved with people and their lives. You know how I know God touched them? It's not because he told me God delivered. It's not because I saw the change in his countenance. It's more than that. I saw the change in their lives. I saw them suddenly open their home and bring people in and, and start to have people around, start to visit people, start to pray for people. No one told them to do that. They just did it. Why did they do that? That's the love of God operating. And so the Bible says all things work together for good if you love God. So, see, that's something you can do. You can read the Word of God, find out what He has to say about life and do it, and you can begin to start to care about the people around you. 
When you start to do that, you can guarantee this. No matter what happens, it'll work out for you. It'll work good. God can work it for good. Here's the second condition it says here. Second condition is this. Notice this. Who are called according to his purpose. So not only does God want us to love him, he calls or extends an invitation. Let me describe what that really means. Here it is. Let's read it out here in the, in the, in the scripture here. It says, uh, it says, all things work together for good for those who love God who are called are the called according to his purpose. That word called means to be invited by God into a relationship. To be invited by God into a relationship. It also means to be invited by God to fulfill his purpose for your life. So when the Bible says God has called you, it means he extends an invitation. Later on, I'll give you an invitation, an opportunity to respond. When God calls you, every person here, God reaches and calls you. And he calls you for two things. One, to enter into relationship. He wants a relationship. He wants to be intimate and to connect with you. Secondly, he wants you to join with him in fulfilling why he put you on the earth. You say, well, I want a bit of God and I want to run my own life. No, 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 that's not what it's about. He's called you to know him and relate to him. And he's called you to walk with him and let his plan for your life unfold. See? It's a wonderful thing to be called by God. Imagine that. How can you possibly discover your purpose in life, why you're designed, if you don't go to the one who created you? How can you possibly discover what your life is called to do if you don't ask from the one who made you and had a plan for your life? So the Bible tells us then God will work all things together for good for those who love him and those who are called according to the purpose of God. It means not doing your own thing. See, the purpose of God gives meaning for your life. Purpose of the God means, gives meaning for your circumstances and situations. Let me give you a couple of examples of, of some people who responded to the purpose of God, responded to God's call in their life. Most of the people in the Bible that respond to the call of God are ordinary folk, just like you. Ordinary, just like you. See, right here tonight, some of you have a call of God on your life that's far bigger than you could ever have imagined. But you'll never discover it unless you say yes to his invitation. Unless you say yes to his invitation for relationship and then begin to start to make it your purpose, your goal, I will discover what God called me to do. Let me give you a few things of people who actually responded to the call of God. Here's one of them, Abraham. Abraham was a man, Genesis 12, it says God called to him. He was living in a land full of idolatry. People sacrificed children, the whole nation was evil. And what he did in his day, he heard the voice of God. God spoke to him and said, Abraham... I have a plan for your life. If you will respond to my voice, that plan will unfold and it will impact nations of the earth. Now, imagine, imagine that. Imagine God saying to you, hey, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. He said, Myra, I know where you come from. But listen, I know all the troubles you had. But listen, I'm calling you to respond because I want to touch hundreds of people through you. I want to change their lives. You think, what, me? How could that happen? How could that happen? How could that possibly happen? You see, so when Abraham said yes to God, when Abraham stepped out of, of his circumstances and, and allowed his life to be changed by God, he had no idea that right to this day, almost in every nation of the earth, people know the name Abraham. And it's through Abraham God brought Jesus Christ into the earth. And so all nations can be blessed. See, God blessed a man so that he could touch a multitude of people does it with you and you now no matter what's happened in your life it never changes 
God calls you to respond, and when you respond to Him, gradually He unfolds His purpose for you, and your life has impact on people. Here's, here's another one you can. Have. What about Joseph? Think about Joseph. Joseph was a young man, and uh, he was a young man who had a dream. God put a dream in his heart. Your dream is your future. If you don't have a dream, you don't have something you're thinking about, you have no future. You're drifting. You're lost. You're like a ship without a rudder. You're just lost on the sea going whichever way the wind blows. So what every one of us needs is some kind of dream, something particularly that comes from God that begins to give a direction for our life, something we're thinking about, something that's big enough to catch your heart and give meaning for your life. All need a dream. Otherwise, what are you doing? You get up, go to work, go home, pay the bills, struggle on through this problem. See, it has no meaning without a dream, without some sense of direction from God. So God spoke to him. He said, listen, Joseph, how old are you? Oh, well, I'm 17. He said, where do you come in the family? I'm the youngest. He said, Joseph, listen to me. I'm going to make you a ruler, and all of your family are going to yield to your leadership. Oh, he liked that dream. But the Bible says his brothers hated him. And so when we respond to the purpose of God, like Abraham, it usually means his changes in our life. When we respond to the purpose of God, it often brings misunderstandings and often reactions from people. When I decided to leave secular teaching and become a Christian school teacher, I had major reaction from the people around me. I had reactions from the people who were on staff with me. How come you do a stupid thing like that and ruin your career? Well, you know, if I'd listened to that, I'd still be stuck back in a secondary school teaching instead of traveling the world and seeing people set free. So, so, but when I was back there, that seemed a very strong argument to me. Why would you leave that salary and go down to one-fifth of your salary? Why would you do such a stupid thing? Well, that's a crazy thing. Why would you do that? Say, I have a dream. I have something in my heart from God. And you see, that something in my heart from God took me out into all of the world. I never knew that when I said, well, listen, I just feel to leave this job and just go over here and start a little Christian school thing. See? I had no idea that following the call of God would actually create resistance and opposition, create difficulties, create some hardships, but then ultimately end up in a broad, wonderful opportunity in my life to touch the lives of many. See? Now, it's the same for you. You have no idea when you say yes to the call of God, it may mean changes in your lifestyle, changes in your relationships. It may mean conflict and misunderstanding, but at the end of the day, what comes about is you begin to start to walk into the very reason God put you on the earth. You were born for more than you're doing. You were born for more. You know that. You say, well, you don't understand how my life's got messed up. Listen, all things work together for good for those who love God and respond to his call. Eh? doesn't matter what you've gone through. doesn't matter where you've come from. doesn't matter what your background. It all works for good. God can bring it about and bring good out of it. When I went and got buried in a Christian school, and, uh, you know, day after day, uh, week after week, and, after, and, for, and for several years, I had no idea how God was forming and shaping me for what I do now. No idea whatsoever. All I know is God said, do this. I didn't have to know all the answers to it. Family disagreed with it. People that I loved and respected didn't want me to do that. But God had designed me for that thing. And when I got into that Christian school and said yes and began to respond to things, you know what I found? I found life. I found things about myself I never knew before. I found things I could do that I never knew before. I actually discovered some things about the giftings in my life that I would never have found if I stayed where I was. Could never have found it. 
God is calling you. You don't know what's inside you. You don't know who of you are called to great things here. You know, it took a little time, about 13 years, but at the end of it, Joseph became a ruler. Joseph actually was able to bring about a release and a freedom to all his family. He, he was actually sent by God ahead of them to provide an answer for them in their future. But when he said yes to God, he had no idea of that. But what about you? It's not too late. It's never too late for the call of God. It's never too late to say yes. You're never too far down the tubes. You can't say yes to God. The Bible abounds with people that said yes to God. And a lot of them were people no one else would look at. There's a guy by the name of Jephthah. Jephthah was a, he was born out of a one-night stand with his father with a, a prostitute from another nation that had invaded them. He was a rejected man, hated by his mother, hated by his family, hated by his stepmother, hated by everyone around him. In fact, he was so hated and so treated badly, he was literally driven away. But you know what? He was someone that God loved and God had a call on. And God had a purpose for that. And the man that they rejected became the man that saved them. And he became a representative in his day of Jesus Christ. Yeah, amazing. And so God has got something for you. He definitely has something for you. There's not a single person here tonight that God doesn't have a call for you and a purpose for your life. Now, of course, you can waste your life or you can invest your life. And all what it requires is you begin to think about why I'm here, what is my purpose and become linked to the one who called you. It doesn't all unravel straight away, but it does unravel as you walk with him. So we find, the Bible says very clearly, all things work together for good. All things, all things, all things. All things work together for good. Everything, even the bad things. I look back at some of the things that have happened in our lives that have been tragedies and deeply hurt us. Now, I minister across the world to people who have gone through those problems. God not only just healed it, he actually provided a well in our life that we could help other people. Oh, what a wonderful God we serve. Isn't he good? Hey, all things work together for good for those who love him and, and respond to his calling, respond to his purpose. Now look, I want you to see just a progression here. And I want you to see where you are in this progression. I want you just to see where you are. I want you to just lay it out in just a few steps and then give you an opportunity to respond. So let's look back in Romans 8 and verse 28 again. Romans 8 and verse 28. Now. Here it is. All things work together for the good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. His purpose, not just doing your own thing. Whom he did know beforehand, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Verse 30, those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. Those are all big words. Let me just make it really simple. I'll lay it out just very easy to understand. Number one, God knew you before you were born. He knew what giftings you would have. He knew what passions would be in your life. He knew what uh, circumstances you'd be born in. He foreknew you. He knew you before your parents did. Some of you, your parents don't even really know you, but God knows you. He knows you real well. Some of you, your family may have abandoned you, but God knows you. I can remember there was one lady we, we knew, and uh, she was sitting in a meeting one day, and, and God spoke to this minister, and he went alongside, he went to the woman, and he said this to her, he said, he said, God knows your name. And with that, the woman broke down and wept and wept and wept and wept. And uh, he, he couldn't understand how such a simple thing, it had such a huge impact on her. And so she, uh, she, he asked her, what, what's this? Why you responded so deeply? Why did you weep? And he said, well, she said, she said, I was adopted when I was a child. And she said, I have sought for years to find who my parents were. And she said, I finally tracked them to America, but there was a block. And she said, for the last two years, I've come up with nothing but block, 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 block. And she said, I became to become so overwhelmed with the grief of it. She said, I began to cry, God, I don't even know what my name is. Do you know my name? 
And, and this woman sitting there and she's wrestling with all the grief of it and all the turmoil of it and all going through her mind. She's sitting in the meeting there and God saw and knew what she'd gone through. God tells the man, just go to her and, and just say these words. Listen, God knows your name. Now, you see, for you, it doesn't mean anything much. But for her, it was like, whoa! And she, she wept because all the quests in her life at that stage, just, it was answered. I'm not unknown to God. People maybe don't know me. Maybe even those near me don't really know me. But God knows every detail of my life. So first of all, God knew you before everyone else did. He knew you when you came. He knew when you come into this world. Know what country you'd be born in. Know what tribe you'd be born in. Know what your parents would be like. He knew it all. See? Now, notice the second thing it says. He predestined us. That means literally he planned or decreed some things for your life from eternity. So he had a destiny. He had some things planned that would come into your life from eternity. He had a destiny. He has something he is moving you towards. He has something he has planned for your life. He said, but you don't understand all the mess. Listen, that hasn't changed God's plan. God's got heaps of ways of getting people there. There's no one way to get to where God wants you. There's heaps of ways there. And if one way failed and you got overwhelmed and something happened to you and you lost your plot, lost the way, listen, God can turn that around for good and still get you where he wants you to get. So we need to see God knew us before we got here. Number two, he planned a destiny, an eternal destiny for us. Number three, see what it tells us here? It tells us that he called us. Those that he predestined, he called. Now that means literally he extended an invitation by name to you. So God calls you, he calls you by name. I remember I was in India and so I was standing in the street seeing literally thousands upon thousands of people. And God said, I know the name of every one of them. I was quite shocked. He said, I know them. They're not a crowd to me. They're people to me. They're individuals to me. I know your name. I know Brett. God knows more about him than I do. God knows you. He knows what he's wired in you. He knows some things he's, he's destined you for. So he, he calls. So God, first of all, knew you before you come in the world, had a plan for your life and a purpose for your life, and then he sent people to invite you into that plan. Tonight I'm going to give you a chance to respond. I'll invite you to connect with God in that plan. Now, he invites you. He invites you to extend invitation. Like, like there's something big for your life. He wants to invite you by name, not just by a crowd, everyone, he's, he's by name. So God extends a personal inf, uh, invitation by name. In Isaiah, it tells us in 49 verse 1, it says, He called me from my mother's womb by name. So before your mother knew anything about you much. See, my mum and dad now, I don't know what they think of what I do now. I know dad for a long time thought it was crazy. I, mean, I remember he just thought it was crazy. But you see, God knew what was really in me. He knew more than my natural parents did. And he called me. There was a time when I was sitting in a meeting, and I can remember as clear as a bell. I could feel God calling me. I was sitting there. I felt overwhelmed. I felt uncomfortable. I felt like my heart was pumping. Oh, like this. And I could sense like a magnet pulling me. I could feel God pulling me. And I wrestled with it. I fought against it. I resisted it for quite some time because I was afraid of the changes it might bring. But in the end, there came a day when I realized... What God, that God was calling me. I remember a day, the day we got married, the day we walked down the aisle, and I stood at the altar, and as we just about were ready to give our vows, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I made a decision to say yes to his call. And that's a decision no one can make for you. That's your decision to say yes to a relationship, and then yes to the call of God. Yes to a relationship, yes to the call of God. Who knows what's inside you that you could do? 
See? Some of you have just said yes recently. That's fantastic. But God's got more for your life. He's got things for you to do. He's wanting to do something with your life. Wanting to do something through you. See? Look at Bill, you know. What age were you when you got saved? 63 when you got How old are you now? Going on 89. Flip. Time's gone by, isn't it, eh? And Bill still leads people to the Lord. Who'd have known, you know, Bill O'Donnell, who'd have known, you know, when he gave his life to Jesus Christ, what would happen? You know, and, and most of you don't really know him. I've made it a point to get to know him. I've been to his house and talked with him about stuff and found out a bit about him. I made it a point of getting to know him a bit because and, and I, I found I was curious to know about him because I was curious how come so many people got saved when he was around them. I wanted to know why they got saved. So I got to talk with him a little bit and found out that he is so deeply grateful to Jesus Christ, having lived a life without God, a deep gratitude and a love for Jesus, and it affects people. And they're wonderful. I mean, you've got gifts too. They're not the same as Bill. We don't have to be Bill. He's him. I'm glad there's only one of them. But there's one of you too. Well, I am. I wouldn't want there to be two of them. I like just one. Huh? And, but there's only one of you. And you've got to say yes or no to the call of God. It's a choice. You say, well, you know, I said yes to Jesus, but, you know, I hadn't worked out. Listen, have you not understood that even if it's gone tough and hard or whatever, God can still use that to shape your life and get you where he wants you to get. It's not over for you. It isn't over for you. Let's just finish it. It said, those that God called, he also justified. Now, that word justified means to give a, a statement or it's a legal thing to say, this man's innocent. It means to pronounce someone acquitted. To say to someone, you're free. Now listen, one of the problems all of us have is this parts of our life are not right. How many can identify with that? Uh, yeah, we all know that. Okay? Now we've got some good in us. All have got some good in us. Got a bit of bad in there too, isn't that right? Yeah, if I ask your mum, I'd know. She'll <laughs> tell me. Okay? See, we've got good and bad inside us. But the problem is we're broken, separated from God in a, in a condition where we're, 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 we just live without God. That's called sin. We don't want God in our life. Don't want to acknowledge him, want to breathe his air, live in his world, use all his stuff. Don't want to know him. That's called sin. Sin's not all the bad things. It's actually running a life without God. See, so what God says is this. He said, I want to actually deal with the issue of sin. I don't want you to have a hang-up about sin. I don't want you to live guilty. I don't want you to live that way. See, a lot of people, they kind of get around and they're oh, like this. Listen, that's not how we're called to get around. Call to get around full of joy, full of the life of God. Right? And see, one of the problems that burdens us down is we know stuff. We know about what we've been and what we've done. You know stuff about yourself, don't you? You, know, you don't want anyone to know. Is that right? There are things you don't want anyone to know? Too right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially mum and dad. Yeah. There's stuff we don't want people to know. But God knows about it. And so what God does is this. He said, I need to deal with the issue of sin. I need to provide a way that I can get you not only into a relationship, but starting to move in your purpose. And the only way I can do it is I've got to deal with the issue of sin. I do not want, this is God, see, I don't want you to live burdened by your failures. I want you to live free. So to get free, someone's got to say, you're innocent. And how do you get to be innocent? The Bible says, by faith, not by doing stuff, by believing in Jesus Christ, what he has done on the cross, by recognizing, I sinned, I deserve to have some kind of consequences. Jesus paid for the consequences, and that's good enough for me. If I'll just turn from it, lean on him, I can declare, well, God has said I'm innocent. And if he says I'm innocent, I'm not going to listen to the devil or anyone else making me feel guilty. The devil's got one message for you, you're bad. God's got a different message. 
I've justified you. I've declared innocent. So stand up and walk like a free man. Imagine if you had the death penalty. You get that at the court, and you're right there in the court, you've got the death penalty, and just as you're standing there, someone steps in and says, I'll take it for you. Say, so, oh, that's all right for me. I don't mind that. And he steps in and takes it for you. He dies. You go free. Now, you imagine, you're not going to just sort of walk out and say, oh, well, ooh, that was all right. You go. Is that right or what? If you knew you were condemned to death, if you knew that you're the, tomorrow you go to the gallows, you're like Saddam, you know, everyone knew he was going there. They couldn't wait to see him go there. All sort of want to watch it on the television. Watch the right around. His now imagine that was you. And right at the last minute, someone steps in and says, listen, that man has responded to my offer. Free him now. Said, but he's guilty. No, no, free him. I decree him to be free. The debt has been paid. That's what Jesus did for us. You've got to live like that. You've got to live like that. You've got to live like that. See, if we sin, we've got someone who can, who's an advocate with the Father, and we can, he confess our sins, we can turn from our sins. We don't have to live condemned. We're free, 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 free. See, now, this is the best part. See, God knew you. God had a destiny for you. God invited you to join with him. When you said yes, he declares you innocent now and a part of his family. Now listen to that. Said he glorified them. Well, what does that mean? This is what it means. He puts his spirit inside you and raises you up. The word to glorify means to bestow great honor on someone. It means to lift them up into an unusual position of privilege. It means to impart into their lives something that totally changes their value. Whoa, I like that. See, so every person that said yes to God's destiny, God does something. He lifts you up out of where you were and he positions you and you're now a child of God. You have a position of value. See, God doesn't want you just to serve him. He wants you to be a son in his family. He wants you to know him. He wants you to walk with him. He wants you to enjoy him. He wants you to enjoy what he's made. I enjoy what he's made. I enjoy every bit of it. I love it. I love being in the bay. I love what God's given us here. And I enjoy it all. And other people have got heaps. They can't enjoy a thing. You know, we lived in a little wee batch and just walked up and down the beach. I enjoyed the beach. Enjoy what God's given. It's great to enjoy what God's given. Because he's given us a tremendous privilege of being a child of God, access to the immortal God, access to the resources of heaven, and a destiny to walk out. What a dream. What a deal. But most Christians don't live like that. I don't even live within an ace of it. Most Christians can't get over the bit of being justified. They're still living with all the hang-ups. Listen, you shouldn't walk around with your head down and all in shame because the Bible says God has chosen us and called us that we would be shaped and become like his son. That's royalty. That's someone special. That's someone special in the eyes of God. You need to know that you're special. You need to realize God made you to be special. World will tell you a piece of junk. It'll spit you up and you spit you out after it's used you. That's how it operates. But listen, God isn't like that. He don't want to use you. He wants to be your friend and walk with you and work through you. He wants to treat you as a person who's of value to him. He wants you to understand that whoever said yes to the call of God is now in a unique position. See what love the Father has given to us that we could be called his family, called his children. Can come to Father God and say, Dad, Dad. That's what God always wanted. He wanted people to colonize the earth and extend his invisible kingdom into the earth. What does that mean? To bring healing into the earth, to bring deliverance into the earth. 
to have dominion over all that he's created, to begin to have an impact in the earth. Your life is made for impact. You're not made for sitting, breathing air, sucking in air, and doing nothing. You're made for a purpose. And if you're sitting around doing nothing much, then, friend, you're wasting your life. God has something much bigger for you. And it starts with saying yes to him personally, and it's outworked as we begin to follow him and listen to him and embrace what he called us to do. Can you say amen to that?